each one of us life. You've given each one of us, oh God, a clear mind and a clear conscience today. Father, you are the one that is in control of everything, O oh God. And without you, we can do nothing today. We depend on you, God. We lean on you, God. Hallelujah. We need you to have your way today, Lord. We need your angels to be in this place, O oh God, your heavenly host, O oh God. We invite you, O oh God, into our Wherever it is that we are, into our home, O oh God, into our hearts, into our sanctuary today, we invite you, O oh God. We need you, O oh God, not with enticing words of men's wisdom do we come to you, Lord. But in a spirit of humility today, we come to you, God, that we need you to have your way. Not our will today, Father, but your will to be done, O oh God. Not our will, Lord Jesus. We need you to have your way in our hearts today. Father, we need our hearts to be receptive today. Lord, help every soul, every heart, every individual within the sound of my voice to lay aside the weights, O oh God, to lay aside the care and the concern for the things, O oh God, that we have no control over anyway, God. Hallelujah, Lord, help us to open our hearts and our minds, Lord, that we would be receptive, O oh God, to your word today. Not only your Logos, O oh God, but to your Rhema, Lord, that word that you would speak to us today. Hallelujah, Lord, that you would lift up our faith, O oh God, uh, that measure of faith that you've given us, that we would operate in that faith. Uh, hallelujah, hallelujah, that we would receive your word with faith, uh, with faith today, O oh God, trusting you, God, today. Uh, Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, fill this place, oh God, with your presence today. Have your way in this place today. Hallelujah, Lord, we have come before your presence, oh God. We've come before your presence, oh God, to discuss your word today, to discuss your principles and precepts today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. These things, O oh God, were written before the foundation of the world, O oh God. In your mind, O oh God, today, we need your will to be done today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But don't ever let us forget how great and how awesome you are, God, in our life. You saved us and you delivered us, O oh God. You gave us, O oh God, your liberty today. Oh, how great is our God. How great is His name. He's the greatest one. He's forever. He's the only one. When He rolled back the waters of the mighty Red Sea, then He said, I want to lead you. Put your trust in me. Are we putting our trust in Him today? How great is our God. How great is His name. 
He's the greatest one. He's forever the same. When he rolled back the waters of the mighty Red Sea, then he said, I want to lead you. Put your trust in me. Let's sing it again. Oh, how great is our... Sing it to him. How great are you, God? Great is your name. It's the only name. The greatest. You're the only God, the true and one mighty God. Ever the same. You never change when you roll back the waters. Of the mighty Red Sea. Then he said, I want to lead you. So put your trust in me. Can we just lift him up right now and magnify and glorify his name? Tell him how much you love him right now, Lord. I love you today, Father. I need you today, Father. I can't do it without you today. I glorify and magnify and lift up your holy name. For you're worthy, O oh God. You're worthy, O oh God, of all the praise, of all the glory, of all the honor, Lord. It belongs to you, God. We can't take any of the glory, Lord Jesus. It all belongs to you, O oh God. It all belongs to you, O oh God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Harabosata la 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 basande kele mosandiele be kiele be kaye. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, we magnify you, Jesus. We glorify you, Jesus. You're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. Holy, 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 holy. Oh, is the Lord God Almighty, oh God. Heaven and earth are full of your glory today. Full of your power, full, oh God. We want to be full of, oh God, whatever it is that you would have us to receive today. Give our hearts the ability to receive, O oh God, uh, the engrafted word that's able to save our souls today. Uh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated this morning. Welcome, amen, this morning to those online. Welcome to those that are here. Amen. The Lord is great and He is greatly to be praised today. Amen. You know, there's a reason why the apostle said that, that he didn't want to do this with enticing words of men's wisdom. He didn't want it people to be impressed with him. He didn't want people to be impressed with his his knowledge and, and all of his human wisdom and all of his his 
neat things that he could say. He wanted Jesus to get all the glory because that was the one that called him to that place in the first place, the calling that the Lord gave him. So he was he was giving all the glory to who it belonged to. And so, I, you know, when I come before you, and I know this, maybe you think this is just a given, but I, I just have to say it out loud that it's not with enticing words of men's wisdom. I don't have all the knowledge. I don't have all the wisdom. I have had people say to me, oh, man, Brother DeMuth, you're a Bible scholar. And I just look at him and laugh like, no. I'm sitting in the boat looking at the water I can see on top, and that's about the extent of, of the, the, the extent of my knowledge in Revelation, then there's a whole lot of wonder, water underneath that boat I haven't even touched yet. I don't even know the depths of what I don't know. Brother Brother Olson in our PI classes used to come in at the beginning of every class, and he would say this, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> when he first said that, some of them looked quizzically at him like, is he just saying that to, to sound cute or something? I mean, but you think about it. You don't know what you don't know. We don't know what we don't know about the things of God. And so I, I'm just here as a, as a vessel, as a conduit. Just I want God to just talk to you through me. That's how he did it. That's how he's always done it. He spoke to a prophet, and the prophet said, okay, this is what God said. And sometimes he had to tell the prophet, don't, don't worry about what their faces look like when you tell them. Just say it. Let let the chips fall where they may, basically. Let let me work it out. You just say what I sent you to say. And so God God sends people into our life. Might not be a preacher, it might not be a pastor, it might just be somebody that we work with. I mean, God sent a donkey to tell a prophet to stop going doing whatever it was he was going to go do or say or whatever. And so God can send anybody. A total unbeliever to just speak a word to us to just get us to just go, whoa, <laughs> where did that come from? <laughs> Amen. I just believe that. Amen. And uh, and you need to believe it too. Amen. But God is great. He's greatly to be praised. And I'm so glad to be a part of what he is doing in this last day. I'm so glad to be a part of being a part of this last day. I wouldn't want to be a part of the book of Acts back at the beginning. I want to be right where he has me right now. Right now. Right now. Amen. The final harvest. We're going to be a part of the final harvest. How many believes that today? You look around you. You don't even have to watch the news. You just look around you. I mean, he has to be coming soon. He has to be. Amen. We are coming down to the very close of, of all things. Amen. And so what an exciting time to be a part of the kingdom. Amen. And and so uh, we're going to talk this morning. We're going to continue to talk about the attributes of a mature disciple. And in the third week, we're going we're gonna to be discussing avoiding false teachers and prophets. And I kind of have a question, can we really avoid false teachers and prophets? Because they're out there. We we sure can. But they're not going to go away. There's always going to be false teachers. There's, if there's a true, there's always going to be a false. 
So if there's right teaching, there's always going to be wrong teaching. So it's up to us to figure out, to know, be able to know which one is the one we need to listen to. Right? Because you can get a lot of advice from a lot of people, and some of it's good advice and some of it's not good advice. And so you have to be able to discern for yourself. And I'm going to kind of focus on that today. And so really avoiding false teachers is not really an attribute, but it requires some of the attributes that we need to have as a mature disciple. Right? I mean, in the natural, as we grow up and we become an adult, we kind of learn how to determine if somebody's telling you, falsehoods and if they're being truthful with you. We, we have to learn how to do that in business and, and in all realms of our life, right? We have to be able to know if somebody is, is a charlatan, if they're just feeding us a, a line, right? And so we got to do that in the natural. We got to do that in the spiritual. And, and it's up to us. It's up to us as individuals. Amen. You've got to exercise something called submission. It's an easy word to say, and I could give you a, a dictionary definition, but it's a really hard word to live in your life, to submit yourself. Because we don't, in our flesh, we don't like that. We want to be in control. We do, don't we? I'm in control of my life. I say when I'm getting out of bed. Well, what if God's waking you up at 2 o'clock in the morning? He wants you to get up right now. Well, he won't, he won't override your will. He'll just let you go back to sleep. And you just missed, who knows what you just missed, an opportunity. And so we're going to talk today about avoiding false teachers and prophets. John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 says, Beloved, who's he talking to? The church, people. Hey, fellow believers. Hey, saints. Hey, you could fill in, you know, he could be saying your name right there. All you people online and all you people in, right here in front of me. Beloved, believe not every spirit. There's lots of spirits in the world. Lots of ideas. Lots of thoughts going around. Lots of concepts. Lots of uh, doctrines, if you will, going on in the world right now. Every, everybody has a right to do everything. Right? You can't, you can't, I'm going to mention some of them. Everybody's got a right to do what they're doing. Even if it's sinful and wrong and if it's an abomination to God, you've got rights. We're going to legislate it so that you have rights. We're going to make everybody else abide by your rights to do something that God hates. But there's spirits in the world. That are, that are drawing a lot of people away from God. But try the spirits, the scripture says, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Excuse me. And that same scripture in the Amplified says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit speaking through a self-proclaimed prophet. Lots of self-proclaimed prophets. Teachers, 
Instead, test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets and teachers have gone out into the world. In the Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown commentary, it says, Beloved, speaking of the, uh, and it's an affectionate term. It's a term of endearment, talking to the church, right? Every spirit which presents itself in the person of a prophet, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error, right? Speak by men's spirits as their organ. God uses men. But so does the devil. If he can persuade somebody, and there's lots of them out there that think they're here, they, they either know they're hearing from the devil or they think they're hearing from God because they're not really sure. And so what does the devil like to do? He likes to mimic God. And so he'll say something. And so if you don't know whose voice it is you're listening to, you could be speaking. There. If you go back in the Old Testament and you read about the false prophets, there was all kinds of false prophets that prophesied all kinds of things. And the minute they found out they were a false prophet, what did they do? They 86 them. They were out of there. Right? So it, it says to try, try by test. All believers are to do so, not merely ecclesiastics. And I think that word is referring to like Bible scholars and people like that. Even an angel's message should be tested by the word of God. There's how you test it. Much more men's teachings, however holy the teachers may seem. So what is that? where does that put the onus? Where does that put the responsibility of knowing if you're listening to a false prophet or not? Squarely on you, on each individual. It's your responsibility. I didn't save you. This man here didn't save you. Whoever was there in the in the service when you were when you received the Holy Ghost and got baptized, they didn't save you. Jesus saved you. Right? And so you better know you better have a relationship with the one that that saved you. And and you know the writer put this in here for a reason. You better try the spirits. You better try every spirit. And you all have heard me talk about this word of God being like a a filter, like a coffee filter. You better have as much of this in you as you can. You better have a life of prayer. You better know the voice of God and the voice of yourself and the voice. And you better know whose voice it is you're listening to. Amen. Many false prophets not prophets in the sense of foretellers, but organs of the spirit that ins- that inspires them. So a spirit can inspire someone to say something. A demonic spirit can inspire you to say something, and so can the Holy Spirit. And if we're not careful, even as believers, if we're not if we're not sure who it is we're listening to, can we be inspired by the enemy? We gotta be because he's. He's a deceiver, right? He's a supplanter, right? So we can suffice it to say there will be false teachers and there will be false prophets. You better just know that. And you better be prepared to be able to tell the difference. Because I don't know about you, but in the the end, above all else, I need to be saved. Above all else, I need to be saved. So as long as there's a true, there's always going to be a false. Anybody ever taken a true-false test? <laughs> if you don't know the answer, you got a 50-50 chance of getting it right. 
But we don't have the luxury of that, do we? I don't want to take that chance, do you? I want to know. And it's not that I can't trust my pastor to preach and teach to me the things I need to know, but I better know it for myself. I better be taking that book and opening it, and I better be spending some time on my face before God and pushing the plate aside, and I better be seeking a relationship with Him so I know. And I better be trying everything that comes into my into my wheelhouse against the Word of God. Run that run it through that filter. Does it does it does it measure up to what the Word of God says? And the more you do that, the easier it becomes to do that, and it almost becomes automatic after a while. Everything you hear, everything that comes your way, you run it through that filter. But we're never we never really get there, do we? We never arrive. So we gotta, we gotta maintain that. We gotta keep doing that every day. Because, you know, the Bible talks about even men and seducers are gonna wax worse and worse in the last days. Right? Philippians 2, 12 through 13 says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, this is Paul speaking, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Whose good pleasure? His good pleasure. So that goes back to that, that, that attitude of, and that attribute of being submissive and submitting to God's will. So he's telling the church and by extension he's telling us we gotta seek out our own salvation with fear and trembling. You better have a, a healthy fear for the word of God and for the things of God and for God himself. You better have a healthy fear and a reverence. And you better understand that you're not your own. You're bought with a price. And so you've got to depend on him to lead you and guide you. I'm sorry, but your mom and dad can't lead you and guide you. They can to a point. But there comes a time as young people, and I'm picking on you all this morning, where there's a, a an age of accountability where it's your responsibility to start developing your own relationship with the Lord. You better have a relationship with the Lord because yours with Him is not going to get the job done. Because they're not going to be able to stand with you at the judgment seat and say, I was there, God. Sorry. Not going to happen. We're going to have to stand and answer for ourselves. So I better have a relationship with God even outside of the... I mean, I have a relationship with my wife, but i got to work on my own relationship with God outside of even the relationship I have with her. And she better be doing the same. Because what if something happens to me? What if something happens to her? Right? I better have that relationship nailed down. Second Timothy 2.15 says, can anybody quote that? Study. Go ahead. Proved unto God. Workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Who's a workman? Everybody in here better raise your hand. We're all laborers in the harvest. So if you're a workman, you better study to show yourself approved unto who? Not the pastor. Not your spouse. Not your mom, your dad, your kids. Not your grandmother. You better show yourself, I want God to be approved of my relationship with him. I want to have an approved 
relationship with God, don't you? One of the disciples said something like, do we, do we seek to please men or please God? You gotta ask yourself, this is your relationship. How deep do you want to go? And the only real person that's actually holding you back from going any deeper than where you are right now is you. It's nobody's fault. It's yours. We got, I'm, I'm sorry, but we got scripture right here that says it's on you. We're talking about avoiding false teachers and false prophets. That's how we're going to do it. You know, we had to be drawn to him, and then we had to surrender our life to him. Right? Nobody made us get saved. God's not going to go against your human will. He gives you the opportunity, and we respond to that by getting up out of our pew and walking to an altar or getting into a baptismal tank. We, he doesn't make us do anything. We're not automatons, right? The Bible tells us to submit ourselves to God. Then the next statement after that, it says, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. And the devil will come to you in many forms. False teachers, false prophets, here we are on that subject again. And so we've got to have that relationship, and it starts with submitting our will to his will. That's what Jesus prayed, wasn't it? Not my will, Father, but thine be done. That same prayer is for us. There's a song, not my will, but thine be done. Pray, Jesus, and this same prayer be mine every day. When this robe of flesh that I wear, when it makes me falter, God, my feet, hold my hand all the way. It's when Paul started serving the Lord, he he ceased to be that guy that was that Pharisee. He ceased to be all those things. He was no longer his own. He lived, I am bought with a price. I'm not in charge, God. Where do you want me to go? When do you want me to go? Where do you want me to sit? Where do you want me to stand? What do you want me to say? And that needs to be our attitude. Paul couldn't always be there for the saints of God in every city, could he? There's no way. Pastor Paul couldn't do it. So what did he do? He left other people with responsibility, and he ultimately left the responsibility of every soul to themselves. He left leaders, but ultimately, I can pray, and he can pray to all the preachers and leaders and and scholars and all these people that we can in front of you, but ultimately it's on you. You can sit there and listen to all that everybody says and all this great enticing words, and you can take all the notes you want and watch all the videos you want, but in the end it's our responsibility to walk with him. And remember that he's our God and we're not our own. Matthew 7, 15 and 16 says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. Or in other words, they who appear gentle and innocent. But inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. There you go. Be a fruit inspector. Judge what you hear and what you see by the fruit of the individual. Always go back to the word as your filter, but you can just pretty much tell if you're, if you're really walking with God, if you really have that relationship, 
you're going to have a little alarm bell going off in your spirit that's going to go, wait a minute, wait a minute, something's not right here. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Go look it up. Study it for yourself. When you when you receive when you hear something that somebody says and it's revelatory to you and you like, man, I've never heard that before. Wow, that is awesome. Go study it. Make it revelation for you by going and studying it and making it your own. Don't just receive it from that person who received revelation and say, because you won't. But you got to go study that out for yourself. Make sure that you've studied it out. It's in the book. And if it's in there, it'll come out. Matthew 24:11 says, And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Got a lot of false prophets in this world today. That if any man shall say unto you, Matthew 24, verse 23 and 24 says, Lo, here is Christ, or, or, or there, believe it not. For there shall, for there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall follow, and shall sh- show great things and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. There's a lot of people in this world today preaching a lot of stuff. This right, and that right, and, and, and all kinds of stuff that's just not true. But people are believing it. People are, are following it. Blindly following it. Second Timothy 3.13 says, But evil men, I already quoted this earlier, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. Deceiving and being deceived. Those evil men, those seducers, those false prophets are souls, just like you and I. Are they not? And so they're being deceived just like we could be deceived. And yeah, they're false prophets and they're false teachers and they're evil seducers, but we still got to pray for them. Because Jesus said that he would that all men might be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, did he not? And there's some scriptures in the New Testament that talk about predestination. And that doesn't mean that you're predestined to be saved and you're not. It's not like that. In God's mind, everybody has a chance. It's like when I was taking my IT course in Louisville and the instructor walked in the first day and he said, everybody in this class has a 100. What you have at the end of the semester is up to you. <laughs> Everybody starts with a hundred. So those souls that are now being deceived, that are being the deceivers, somewhere along the line they listened to the wrong voice and they got pulled away from God. And God forbid they even maybe got their minds seared with a hot iron where they can't even know the truth anymore. But that, that's a soul because the Bible says, I believe it's in the Old Testament in Ezekiel that God says every soul is mine. Every soul is mine. Every soul. Does that leave anybody out? And what does he say? The soul that sinneth, it shall die. That you paddle your own canoe, okay? You do. 
And that's why, you know, you look at Paul's life. In 2 Timothy 2.26, it says that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken by captive by him at his will. Every soul that's living today had a day of birth. Every one of them. The guy that's leading the church of Satan, you name it. They had a day of birth. God said that before we were conceived in the womb, he knew us. He knew them. Think about that. He further said that every soul is his. Right? But he's allowing some of them to have... You know, he gave you, he gave them a free will and they made their choice. You know, Pharaoh had a free will. He was a soul. He was a soul. And God sent Moses to him to free the people and he said, and I'm going to send you to him and I'm going to tell you what to say and he, I'm going to harden his heart so he won't listen. <laughs> but go say it anyway. Right? And what, it, what was the end of that story? The people of Israel got But God had to, he didn't make Pharaoh say or do those things, but he hardened his heart and he gave him a chance. We all have a chance. Right? So it behooves us who have received deliverance from the Lord to make our calling and election sure, the Bible says. It's your calling. It's your election. He saved you. What are you doing with that? What are you doing with your talent? Are you burying it? I know you're saying, what does this have to do with false prophets and teachers? Well, I don't want to become one. I better have my relationship right. I don't want to be spouting a bunch of stuff that's not in the book. Do you? I don't want to be the one responsible when I stand before the Lord for having led somebody astray. Because I didn't know what the book said. Who knows as things become more crazy in these last days, who God will save and deliver and use as a leader and a laborer in the final harvest. No one in Paul's day. <laughs> you remember that story, Ananias, and, and they're all praying, and the persecution's happening, and they're all being scattered, and Paul's going out hailing people out of their homes and dragging them literally down the street in chains and putting them in jail for preaching this gospel. And they're in there having a prayer meeting, and they're, I don't know if they prayed this, If I'd have been there, this is what I've been praying. God, take him out. Get him. Stop. He's the one doing all this bad stuff, God. Take him out. Right? Send your squad to take him out. They were probably praying something like that. But God wasn't going to do that. What did God do? That dude was public enemy number one. Was he not? What did God do? He just gently... Along the road one day, shined a bright light at noonday. The Bible said the brightest part of the day shined a light brighter than the sun and got Paul's attention and said, I'm going to blind you for three days and we're going to have a little talk. And when I, when we're done, you're going to, you're going to come to work for me. And so when, when the Lord said, Ananias, I want you to go to this house and there's a guy named Saul there and I'm going to, I'm going to have you do some stuff. And what did Ananias say? Oh, like God didn't know. Do you know who he is? 
Hello? And she said, don't worry about it. I'm going to use him. You just go do what I told you to do. And what had happened? Paul received the Holy Ghost and was baptized, and the scales were removed, and Paul was never the same again after that. So we don't know. We don't know who's a false prophet today because you could have really said that Paul was a false prophet. To some, you know, to some extent, he was doing the best he knew how. He was doing the best he knew how. But God had a better plan. Luke 6.26 says, Woe unto you when men shall speak well of you, for so did they did their fathers to the false prophets. We gotta we gotta maintain a spirit of humility. Right? That's a real important that, that's an that's an attribute that Paul exercised daily. Why do you think he said, I die daily? What did he mean by that? Well, this is what I think he meant. I submit myself to God daily. It's not Paul or Saul's will anymore. It's God's will. I don't get to have a say anymore. I've had a say all of my life up to this point, but he's in charge now of my life. I mean, did not was it Paul that says none of these things move me? What was he referring to? All the stuff that was going on in his life that was all hell breaking loose that we would call it today. What else did Paul say? He said, neither count I like dear unto myself. But this one thing I do do, forgetting those things which are behind, I press. Don't worry about that stuff that happened yesterday. I'm pressing toward the mark. I'm trying to hit the mark. We were talking about missing the mark last week. I'm just trying to hit the mark. If you'll just try to hit the mark every day, at least you're aiming at the mark. You won't maybe hit it every day, but you'll get close. Just keep pulling those arrows back and shooting them. Right? You'll be like Robin Hood one day where you'll hit it every day. But some days you won't hit it, but that's where his grace and mercy come in. We can't do this on our own. We're not our own. We're bought with a price. What did he say in John 15? Without me, you can do nothing. And nothing, if you look that up in the Greek, guess what it means? You're all Greek scholars now. (laughs) It means nothing. You can do nothing. John 10, verse 1 through 5 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not into the door and by the door of the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door of the shepherd of the sheep, to him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth uh, his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him for... What does that say? They know his voice. And the stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him. For they know not the voice of strangers. So we need to know the voice of God. Because there's voices in our life. There's the voice of the devil. There's our own voice. 
There's the voice of this world system, and then there's the voice of God. And we need to know that voice. Well, if I talk and somebody's sitting back there transcribing like we do at our business meetings, it's called minutes, right? This is his voice right here. This is one form of it. Can God speak a word to you that's that's based on this? But a word for today right now? All the time. Like I heard one preacher say, God's talking to us all the time. The question is, are we listening? He's always talking to us. You believe that? But are we are we even bothering to just shut everything out and listen? Right? It's important. If we're going to avoid false teachers and prophets, then we must know the voice of our Father and our Savior. And it's going to be a still, small voice. Right? It's not going to be a literal voice, but it's just going to be an impression. It's going to be something that, I don't want to use the word feel, but I'm going to use the word feel. It's just going to be something, a feeling. It's just going to be something you just know that's God speaking to you. And you learn that by exercising it, right? You start knowing the voice of God when you start running everything through the filter of his word and you start realizing, okay, that was the voice of God. Oh, so that's what he sounds like. And so he'll keep talking to you. And he'll talk to you every day if you'll just take the time to listen. Because prayer is a conversation. It's it's not a one-way conversation. It's a two-way conversation. If you have a conversation with people and you do all the talking pretty soon, then people aren't going to want to hang around you anymore because you're just dominating the conversation, right? We have to talk to God and then we have to shut up. And just sometimes it takes longer of just sitting there listening than it does. And we get bored with waiting on God. Why isn't he saying anything? Well, just wait. Just wait. Just wait. It's worth the wait to hear what God has to say. And maybe he's just waiting for you to just be submitted enough and dead enough in yourself so that he can speak to you. I don't know about you, but I want to hear from God. I want to hear from God, and I don't want it to just be every so often. I don't want it to be every so often. Paul and those disciples in the New Testament church, they heard from him constantly. How did they know what to pray? How did they know what to preach? (laughs) They couldn't say, all right, everybody, turn to... They didn't have this. They had the scrolls, and most of those people couldn't read. So how how did they get the Word of God? They had to listen and learn to hear the voice of God. That's why Paul was talking to Timothy. That's why he was telling him, use those things that God has given you. Use that gift of the Holy Ghost. He's there. He's in you not just to give you power, but He's there to talk to you, lead you and guide you and be your schoolmaster and direct you and lead your your steps, and order your thoughts aright. So this ultimately speaks of our, and I'm coming to a close, perfect timing. 
This ultimately speaks of our relationship with the one who saved us. And it really all comes down to this as the common denominator. If we're nurturing and growing our relationship with him, and if we're filling our hearts and minds with his word, spending quality time with him in prayer, then anything we read and hear we will, will be passed through that filter. So does it mean when, when I say in prayer, does that mean you have to, like, stop every 15 minutes and go find a place to kneel down and pray? Mm-hmm. The Bible says to pray without ceasing, right? Right? All prayers. Can you be praying while you're driving down the road? Can you be talking to God? Can he be talking to you while you're in the shower? Can he be talking to you while you're, can he wake you up and talk to you while you're sleeping? Can he talk to you in your sleep? Right? Dreams and visions. So it's just, it's just a matter of, of how much of a relationship do you want to have with him? I, you know, I'm not bragging, but I spend time with him all day long. When I'm walking down those long hallways at that hospital, I got a lot of time to myself, and now I got a mask on my face. <laughs> so, so I can just talk all I want, right? And if I really want to just get, get by with just saying it out loud, I can stick one of them little things in my ear, those little white things everybody has, that the Bluetooth headset things, and I can just talk, and they'll think I'm on the phone. <laughs> right? And they won't think that crazy man's talking to himself again, right? But I'm talking to Jesus every chance I get. Because we are coming in the, we're in the last days. We are in the last days. And I want to know his voice. I want to know what he wants me to do. And I want to be there when he needs me to be there and do what he says to do and say what he says to say when he says to say it. Don't you? I can't be, I've said this before, I can't be where you all are and you can't be where I am. So you've got your own feel whether you think so or not. There are souls in where you work that, that you need to reach that are going through stuff and they don't know what to do. You got the answer. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your power, for your anointing. We thank you, Father, for life and health and breath. We thank you for the opportunity to be among your people today, Lord, to hear what you had to say. Lord, that we would take to heart with the things that you said today, Lord, and that we would make it a part of who we are, Lord, that we would learn to listen and Seek after your voice and seek after your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We'll see you in 15 minutes.